Welcome to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We're here today with Mr. Tristan Matthew. He's a third-degree black belt at Ripple Effect Martial Arts. He is also a instructor and leader of the Little Ripples program and is an incredible human being. And thank you so much for being here today and, and talking. Of course, it's wonderful being here. So we met when I think maybe you were, oh, I don't know, a, a gold belt. You, you were just starting out, kind of. Yeah, I was actually looking at this earlier today. So yeah, I started back in 2014, so almost like nine years ago. So how old were you when you started? I was oh, I think about it. Uh, I was seven and a half, seven and a half years old. I did a leadership booklet back then, and I included a photo of you in one part of it that had a quote uh, from Alexander the Great. You, I, the, I think I know the one you're talking about. I think I actually have that like booklet downstairs <laughs> with the photo of me in it. That picture was in Estes Park, and you were roaring. I mean, you looked intense. Did it? This is a at about the age of eight or nine. What did what do you remember about being that young and competing and, and, and training to be a black belt? I remember it was always really cool since it was something that I hadn't really done before. And it was interesting since I got a lot of new experiences and trying out things that I wasn't really sure if I was good at or not. And I kind of just tried it out and I learned a lot of things from it and I got to meet like a lot of new people. So I learned a lot of things from like the black belt tests and then I was on like competition team and demo team. And I feel like I learned a lot from that. That's helped me out like down the line as well. Can you explain a little bit about what demo team is? So our demo team, so they go to like events and stuff around like, like events and stuff and they show off forms. So we normally like create a form to music and it's like choreographed and we do a lot of cool stuff to get people interested in karate. So I remember I was on that missioner and my mom was also on that at the time. And it was, I, I had tons of fun with it since martial arts is really cool, like with our traditional forms, but on demo team, you get to kind of do like creative forms, which it's the same skills, but a little bit different. So I thought that was really fun. Demo team is a, a team of karate students that performs at regional festivals, at minor league hockey games. I mean, in front of a lot of people and the spotlights on you. Uh, what do you remember about being in the spotlight for the first few times? I, I remember it was always really cool since I've always liked helping out other people. And to me, it was always interesting since you're performing to people who have never done martial arts before and you're trying to get them to see what what it's all about and i just thought it was fascinating to be able to help inspire other people since when i like when i first started martial arts i remember it was like at a booth at taste for collins and i saw people in their uniforms and i was like "Ooh, that sounds super cool and for me to be able to help inspire other people was just something that was really exciting for me and i loved having that opportunity what was it like being part of a, a team where it's not just your individual performance, but everyone's coordinated performance? 
it i thought it was really cool since like there was obviously like the whole team i think the demo team at the time was i think it was around 20 people if i remember correctly so like we obviously all worked together and then like the form one of the forms that we were doing at the time like there'd be little groups so there's be like groups of like three or four people that would perform and then another group would go and it was really cool since you got to work really closely with those people and share like your similar skills and interests i personally like doing stuff with both staff so there was like a group of like four people and we just did stuff with both staff so i got to work with people who had similar interests to me and we helped each other out to grow even more as martial artists have you ever played any other sports I I haven't played any other sports. I actually, like, before I started karate, like, I typically thought that I was not that good at sports, and martial arts was kind of the first thing that I did. And at first, me, missionary, my mom, and my dad, they didn't think that I would like it, since in the past I hadn't really ever liked sports, but I kind of just really liked it. I guess the only other thing, like, I played a musical instrument. I played the viola, but... That's really the closest to a sport that I've done outside of martial arts. Nice. Viola, do you still play? Uh, Yes, sir. So, yeah, I actually started playing the viola about the year before I started training in martial arts. Then when I started martial arts, I took a break for a little bit. And around around five years ago, I started playing it again. So that's lots of fun. Is there any relationship, do you feel like, between... uh, learning a musical instrument, learning to play with other musicians and learning martial arts movements and mechanics and and training? Is there there any parallel there? Absolutely. I'd say there's lots of stuff that it uh, translates directly from like one to the other. Since in music, you obviously have to practice your pieces and your music. Since you don't practice it, then you're not going to be able to perform it well. And it's the same thing with martial arts, like our combinations our forms any of your other stuff you have to make sure you're practicing it on a consistent basis so i'd say that transfers over like really easily trying to think how else it helps i think as like as we get higher up in martial arts we do stuff like musical forms like we have three musical forms that we do and i think when i learned those it was a lot easier for me to learn the forms to music since i'd already done a lot of stuff with music outside of martial arts so it really helps me learn new stuff a lot quicker in martial arts, I feel like. That's awesome. I play music too. And I think about dynamics in the martial arts and in music and how softly or how powerfully, how much volume you give to a note, how much speed you give to a passage and how much speed there is or how how much pause what the the phrasing is like in a a martial arts combination or or a form and yeah i really like that analogy since i kind of think of like our forms dances almost since you can like choose the speed that you do it at you can do some sections faster some sections slower maybe you're a little bit more intense on this section or stuff like that and it's the same thing with in music you're playing a concerto or something you can choose to like highlight this section or maybe pull back a little bit on another section. So it's the same thing with our forms, I feel like. I love that. I, can you talk about, again, on performance and competition a little bit? In, in tournament performance, what do you remember about your first few tournaments and being in front of the judges? I remember, so my very first tournament, it was when I think I was either... 
think I was around a green belt, if I remember correctly. It was one of our CMAA tournaments. So all the Ripple Effect students, but then there's also a few other schools that had joined us. So that was super cool since I knew a lot of people there. And it was really scary at first since I didn't really know what to expect. And I'd seen things like in the movies, like the Karate Kid movie, which is a little bit unrealistic. And I that's kind of what I had in my mind at first, which was slightly terrifying. But then when I actually did it, I had tons of fun and I learned lots of stuff. I got to meet new people and learn how to help improve my martial arts skills for in the future. And then once I felt more comfortable with that, I think when I was around a red belt, either a blue belt or a red belt somewhere around then, I joined our competition team, which is for our state competitions at CKA. So that was with, I think there was around probably like 30 people from Ripple Effect on our competition team. And then there was a lot of people from other schools outside of Ripple Effect competing at those tournaments. And that was, it was definitely a lot more intense, but I feel like the skills that I had learned from the intramural tournaments really helped me prepare for those. Since I did, I think I did both uh, traditional forms and weapons forms. So I did O-Staff a lot. And I think that really helped me out. And then like sparring at CK as well is a little bit scarier, but uh, the skills that I learned from the easier tournaments really helped elevate me. So I was prepared for those other tournaments. Yeah, so the CKA is the Colorado Karate Association and under the umbrella, I think, of the National Karate Association and the competition is more fierce, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> how how so? What is it like going into a CKA tournament? The main difference for me was there was a ton of people who I didn't really know and they were all doing forms that I had no idea of like what those forms were since before at the intramural tournaments, since the schools that were there, they're like our sister schools. So for the most part, they had a lot of the same curriculum. So you could see someone from a completely different school who you hadn't met before, and you could probably know the form that they were doing. Whereas at the CKA tournaments, you pretty much didn't know any form other than what you were doing. So it was really, it was really cool since it was eye-opening and you got to see new stuff, but also like not knowing what that other stuff was made it a little bit scarier since you just didn't really know what to expect. That sounds a little bit to me like a musical uh, analogy to where you could go into a, you know, a music store or a performance environment or improvisation where someone's playing a Django Reinhardt piece and you're going, well, all of I studied, you know, Mozart or, uh, Lightning Hopkins or something. And it's just so different. And that experience is incredible to see. How did you take up the bow staff? How did that become kind of a a favorite weapon? I started doing like bow staff initially since we had like one of our weapons classes and it was just rotating through and bow staff was one that we did at the time. And I remember at that time, like Mr. Worth was an instructor that I had worked with a lot and he does a lot of stuff with bow staff. So he really inspired me and I actually worked with him like a little bit and doing like private lessons and he helped me out with a lot of stuff with bow staff. And I like, I like all the weapons, but especially bow staff, which just looks really, really cool. And I've seen like one of the intramural tournaments, there's people like showing off bow staff things as well. So that just really inspired me. And I've always kind of had that vision of other people doing it and how I've wanted to do that myself. And then that kind of applies to demo team as well. Since like I was saying, I got to do that in demo team, working with both staff things as well. 
when it comes to your understanding of something you perform individually, but every movement has a purpose and there are reasons why you place your hands in the way that you do and, and move the staff. Does, is that something as a first degree black belt, second degree black belt, third degree black belt, you start to understand more the, the purpose behind the movements in the forms? Absolutely. I'd say, yeah, as you do it more and more, you get to understand like the Bunkai, which is like Bunkai's actual practical application for our moves. And initially, like when I learned my very first bow staff form, it was bow staff one. I just knew like, okay, you put your hands here and then you put your hands here. I didn't really know much of the application, but as I did it more and more, and then you could like work on drills of understanding okay, this strike is striking here, or this move is a block and is blocking this certain strike. It helps me really understand those a lot more. And then once you understand the individual moves, then you get to learn how they all are interconnected and how they tie together. So you do one strike and then now you got to be, instead of being offensive, you got to switch to defensive and do a block after that. So I think as I like just got more and more experience with it, I learned a lot more of the application behind it. And especially like once I moved into an instructor role of actually teaching other people both stuff things, I think that helped me out a lot of both in my teaching skills since I was more knowledgeable in what I was able to teach other people. But also as you teach it to other people, you see new ideas and they can actually, the people that you're teaching can help you learn more stuff as well. Can you, you talk about what the SWAT program is, for example? Is that your first teaching experience in karate? Yes, sir. I think that was pretty much when I started, yeah, with all of my teaching stuff. So the SWAT program, so as soon as, like, you're in leadership, like, you can start helping out with lower belt classes. So I remember, obviously, as white belt, I couldn't help out with white belt class since I was a white belt. But as soon as I got my gold belt, I would love to come into white belt class and just help out the other students which was super cool. And then I always was excited once I got to my next belt and that meant there was even more belt rank classes below me that I could help out with. So by the time I was like a green or purple belt, I was there pretty much like every day of the week helping out with, it might not be my class, but helping out with any classes that I could. And I just love being able to help out other people and help inspire them. It's kind of incredible that as an eight, nine, 10 year old, you could come up there and, and do that. That's the kind of thing that high school students, you know, want to have on their resume. It's essentially volunteering. Is that right? Yes, sir. Since, yeah, it's all optional. So it's all volunteering. And I think what made it a lot easier for me, since obviously I didn't just like dive straight into the deep end and all of a sudden just start teaching classes by myself. I did it in like little bits and pieces. So we had classes where we learn, okay, here's how to like hold a pad for a partner. And it starts off with something like that. It's pretty easy, just holding a pad or teaching someone how to do an individual kick. And then you do that for a little bit. And then once you get more comfortable with that, then you're maybe leading like two or three people through a few moves. And then maybe you're leading the class through maybe like a stretch or two and maybe a warm up. It's little building blocks. As you do more and more of them before you know it, you're already like, you're doing more than you ever thought you could. Do you have any inspirations? I know your parents are inspirations for sure, but do you have any kind of movie inspirations or martial artists that compete internationally, anything like that? I think, I don't know. There, there's like a lot of different movies. I don't know. That's, that's a hard one to pick since there's just 
so many cool options. Uh, I remember seeing quite not not really like a famous person, but Master Macy when he was competing at like one of the first CMA tournaments. I saw him sparring, and that was just super cool to see him like as the master instructor, like doing martial arts and like doing what he loves and being able to see him do that. It was just such an inspiration to me. And ever since I saw him like sparring the first time, I was like, Ooh, that's something that I want to work up to doing in the future. I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you think of yourself that way? I mean, there are, there are young students that are looking at you and going, maybe I want to be like Mr. Matthew here. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's it's a little bit weird to think about that, but I think especially over the past few years, as I've stepped into more of an instructor role instead of just like a SWAT leader, there's been students that have told me like that they look up to me, and that really helps me know that I'm doing a good job as an instructor. Since if no one really looks up to you, then you kind of want to change a few things. But if people are going up to you and telling you that hey, you're an inspiration to me, or hey, I want to be like you when I grow up, that really helps me understand, hey, I'm doing something right. I think there's definitely people that look up to me, and that's something that I strive to increase. Thank you for listening to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. Find episodes and more at rippleeffectmartialarts.com.